You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe that helps people who feel far from God to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. For more fresh content, check City Tribe on YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook. Enjoy the message, and welcome to the tribe. Welcome. Good morning. I'm Lorena Garza Gonzalez from City Tribe Church in San Antonio. Bienvenidos y feliz Día de las Madres. Happy Mother's Day. We continue coming into your homes as our church has made our health and safety a priority. Thank you, City Tribe. You know, during this time at home, between the cooking, the feeding, the caring, the working, the que no se que, I've been thinking a lot about all the decisions being made for us. We are inundated with messages from all kinds of leaders, global leaders, White House leaders, doctors, business leaders, and a multitude of experts. These leaders always have big titles and long intros. He or she is the former president of this, the winner of that, advised I don't know who, or is one of the top 10 wealthiest men or women in the U.S. and world. Wish that was me. That can be overwhelming. And yet when I think of leaders, I think of one who holds only one but the most powerful title, King. Revelations tells us, and on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. There is no greater king or leader than our Lord and Savior. His power and ability to inspire us makes us have greater leadership decisions. Our king does this because he is for us, not against us. He is for our destiny. I was invited to reflect on the book of Ruth, and so much came flooding through my heart and mind. Thank you, City Tribe pastors, who heard me out and saw this story from the eyes of a woman who lives in a relationship with hermanas, sisters, a daughter of immigrant and migrant parents. What kept coming up for me was this idea. How can we get up again in this pandemic and as we move out of this pandemic to a new life without listening to God for directions or courage and hope, how could we ever be successful? I can't. Trust me, I need him for decision-making. I look to him for the big and the small decisions. Never let a crisis or despair determine your decision, but rather make a decision based on the Holy Spirit. I was clearly feeling despair and made an impulse decision last weekend. My hair was ragged, and I made the impulse decision to let René, my husband, and my son cut my hair. Clearly, I made a wrong decision, and my destiny is to stand before you with a mullet. Now, of course, I'm joking, but really, tell me, is this not a mullet? Now, Ruth and Naomi were far more disciplined. They listened to God and made big decisions that would literally impact the course of our lives. The book of Ruth offers us many ideas. The first that comes to mind is transformation is restoration. Our decisions can transform our future and restore our lives. What decisions will we make and who will help us? Will I be fearless 
or turn back in fear. Another idea in the book of Ruth is how we will see how women supporting each other transformed and restored their lives and our lives. Naomi and Ruth exemplified that with the Holy Spirit and a faithful and loyal hermana friend, we can make courageous decisions. Who are the women in our life that God has placed in our path? Shout out to the many hermanas here at City Tribe Church, but especially Patricia Mejia, a new member here at City Tribe. God has been working on our relationship to live out the love of Jesus in each other and to help transform our communities. And although to some, the story reads like a chick flick, these women, we women, need allies, partners, men. But men of honor, kindness, and generosity. How often do we get so caught up in women power that we forget the role, ideas, and support, and love of men? Just as we don't want to be excluded from the circles of men, we should not exclude good men who have our best interest. And finally, the other um, idea that comes is that this story is about legacy. You will always leave a legacy, but will this legacy be a good one and a transformative one? Or will it continue in cycles of bad decisions that will be passed down to generation after generation. This is not a teaching on leadership, but we need to have a little bit of background to understand the amazing leadership of Naomi and Ruth. There are many models of leaders and leadership, but clearly more exceptional than the leadership of Jesus Christ, I can't find. A leader for who over 2,000 years and billions of followers has transformed the world. And like the decisions made by these two women that ultimately did transform our future, we are being called today to reflect and make some decisions about our future. Maybe these decisions are about relationships with spouse, friends, children. Maybe decisions about work, leave to make more money, or leave to enjoy more fulfillment. Decisions about how I support my church and community. Maybe we can't see it, or maybe we're afraid. Sure, this moment in time is unpredictable, but let me assure you, my friends, God is not unpredictable. He is certainty, he is confidence, he is assurance, he is our destiny. For years, leadership has been thought to be this exclusive position that was only available to a few. Maybe those with a formal education, titles, power, etc. But while studying leadership in graduate school, I pushed back. My dad, like Naomi and Ruth, made the decisions to immigrate to this foreign land. And like Ruth worked in the fields, many of the characteristics of both Ruth and Naomi and my dad mirrored those of the characteristics of those exclusive leaders. I have learned that leadership is all around me, in the fields, in the community, among our church, among those individuals that others deem unfit. We can all develop leadership skills, all of us. The book of Ruth reminds us that God honors and emphasizes the leadership qualities of loyalty, collaboration, or as I like to call it, sisterhood, 
ganas, determination, courage, and legacy. It's a get-up-again attitude. Ruth's story starts with death and grief, but not just her loss, but the entire family. Her mother-in-law, Naomi, faced incredible pain, losing a husband and two sons, one of which was Ruth's husband. But this story quickly becomes a moment of transformative decisions. After the loss of their family, the decision is made to move from Moab to Bethlehem. Naomi insists to her daughter-in-law, go back, return to your homes, rejoin your families. It was the safe and easy thing to do, not to make a decision for the future, to turn back to the comfort of what is familiar. How often do we find ourselves making safe decisions? Ones that will not help us grow, discover, or learn. How often do we say, I'll stay back, not move forward, or maybe we freeze? I may not want to try that. That's too hard. That's just too much work. But Ruth and Naomi didn't give up. They didn't turn back. They forged forward. Together, they were supporting each other in what might have been scary. Who do you have by your side who supports your future? Who is willing to sacrifice with you, walk alongside you? Or do you have around you spiritual bubble busters who laugh at your vision, decisions, or even your dreams? Ruth was loyal to Naomi, her friend, her mentor, her familia. The one thing we learn in this story is that her loyalty was based on one beautiful relationship and trust. Relationship is the foundation for the leadership characteristic. When my father decided to travel al norte to the United States, it was the assurance that Choco, now come on, everyone has a Choco, a tia Choco, abuela Choco, or an amiga Choco. My mom Choco would trust and be loyal to him until he came back to marry and bring Choco to the United States. Think about our loyalty to Christ, to the church, to each other. It's based on relationships. It's based on those relationships that we have fostered and become loyalty. Loyalty is demonstrated as it says in Ruth 1.16. Ruth goes on to say, where you go, I go, and where you live, I'll live. Your people are my people and your God is my God. Where you die, I'll die. And that's where I'll be buried. So help me God. Not even death is going to come between us. So together they head to Bethlehem. Juntas, sisters. They arrived just as the barley harvest started. And in Ruth 2, 2 we hear Ruth say, Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Wow, this attitude of initiative, do whatever it takes, is a reminder that transformation takes hard work. Not waiting to be told or being afraid to, of hard work or getting dirty. How often do we want transformation, but ugh, it's going to take so much work. Uh, yes, I want a better job, but I don't want to start at the bottom. I want to be the president. Or we want to transform our marriage, pero hijo, that you're asking me to do what? 
I'm reminded of the many immigrant and migrant workers who, like Ruth and my parents, came to a foreign land and found work in whatever was available. And also like Ruth, she was an immigrant to a new land where Moabites were not seen in positive light. Ruth understood there was food, but it was not going to be served on a table with linens and fancy dishes. She had to get up again and work to provide for her and Naomi. I've had the privilege to work among hundreds of migrants whose loyalty to their family pushes them to do whatever is available to them. Very much like Ruth, they work in the fields. I'm reminded many years ago, I spoke at a youth conference where um, youth came together to learn about engineering. These youth were all from the migrant community. Their stories were unbelievable. Specifically, these two young students shared with me that they lived on the potato field. And I asked, you live on a potato field? Yes, my parents found an abandoned school bus and they gutted it out. And we have sleeping beds and blankets and pillows. Hmm, I thought to myself, living in an abandoned school bus. Well, their story goes on that they would wake up every morning, pick potatoes, go to the migrant dorm, shower, get to school, come home, pick more potatoes, get into their abandoned bus, and by kerosene light, do their homework. These families were going to do whatever it took, as Ruth and Naomi did. And I remember on the last day of this conference, after hearing these beautiful stories, Lina Mendez, who was the, the moderator and the host, uh, was about to introduce me as their speaker. There were about a thousand young people in the audience. And before she introduces me, she asked, Lorena, may I read this letter before I introduce you? I said, sure. So she reads the first letter and it says, Dear Lena, it is with great joy that we announce that you have received a full ride to the university of your choice. Signed, Bill Gates. The roaring of the students, this young migrant woman had become a recipient of a full ride to the school of her choice. And so I'm so excited. And before she could finish, she said, may I read one more letter? Yes, of course. And she reads, Lena, congratulations. You've been accepted to Harvard University. Can you imagine these young children who worked the fields picking potatoes and onions were now headed to universities to leave legacies for their children, their community, and most importantly, to their parents. Like Lena and the Idaho families that work in the fields, we come to learn this work would open the door for survival for Ruth and Naomi and all these families. But this survival would be dangerous. Ruth was surrounded by many men who disrespected women saw them as insignificant, lacking worth and value. In the field work, she would quickly notice that varying treatment by many types of men. She wanted to see goodness in all men, but all were not willing to offer the kindness in return. Like Ruth, we women often view men with an absence of a holy lens. We often overlook our standards and values and make error in judgment when it comes to men. 
And not only in dating, but in coworkers and friends, we see what we want to see. We need to learn to discern between men who are spiritually whole and those who regard us women as objects, voiceless, and less than individuals. We often, however, confuse the two. The Book of Ruth calls us to have these insights and discernment. Boaz, the owner of the field, says to Ruth and places her in the field, not just to pick up the leftovers, but alongside other workers. He would offer her protection as she worked in the field. Ruth comes to learn of Boaz's kindness. He makes the world safe for everyone, including women. In a world that preys on women and uses them badly with a few to notice and fewer to care, Boaz notices Ruth and not only cares, but sees her potential and honors her. And despite being seen as an outcast because she was a so-called immigrant, together they work in mutual respect and prosper. For us women to succeed and fully live out God's purpose for us, we need men like Boaz. Men who see us as equal partners in marriage, friendships, as co-workers. It was Ruth and Boaz together who make the will of God happen in the book of Ruth. Just as they demonstrated that they would abide by the will of God, we too can work together as women and men in a mutually respectful relationship to fulfill the God's kingdom here on earth. You see, I believe that Naomi was listening to God when she decided that a match with Boaz was a decision impacting their future. I'm often reminded when I have set up couples and I have a good track record, I think maybe I'll make a match. Maybe God is using me to introduce this couple. I love how we see God at work at the choices Ruth is making. Despite not knowing what is happening, God is orchestrating her landing, a place in the exact field and continuing his love for her. Leaders ask and accept help. Often, leaders think they know all the answers or don't want to seem weak or vulnerable. But Ruth not only took initiative, but accepted help. How often do we feel stuck? Hard to find the next step? God is putting before us opportunities, relationships, often through friends, pastors, colleagues, just to help us get to the next step. While text does not suggest anything intimate happened between Boaz and Ruth, what is clear here, Ruth's unwavering loyalty and devotion to Naomi. She followed her request. Again, offering an example of sisterhood and the very strategic plan by Naomi is to set up Ruth and Boaz. Think about the times we are asked to take a risk or try something new. We fear embarrassment, failure, que dirán? And what will they say? Ruth always ex exemplified leadership in the form of courage. We often are afraid to step out of our comfort zone. It's scary to take that step. But the reality is, if you have the courage and step out, you will discover many opportunities. Honestly, in our current coronavirus 19 thing, it may not be the same in our lives. We may not go out the same, date, socialize, gather, travel, or work the same. It will take a Ruth kind of courage to step out of our comfort zone 
and adapt to new health guidelines or adapt the new ways we live our lives as they evolve. I recall my parents deciding to move to Texas from California. We all had a fear of the unknown place. A new culture? Will we find work? At 14, will I make friends? And the heat, could I stand the Texas heat? Yet they courageously packed their family and moved to San Antonio. Like Naomi, this strategic plan was for the well-being of their family. It is here in San Antonio, my parents now in their 80s, mid-80s, who with a third and sixth grade education built a family who achieved all the things that God had in store for them. They, like Ruth, trusted, stepped out of their comfort zone and raised children and grandchildren who today love the Lord, hold academic degrees in PhD, law, engineering, and business. God had also orchestrated a plan as he did for Ruth and Naomi. We as a faithful family, where we took help from others and followed God's plan for our family, are thankful to him. Naomi's strategic plan worked. Ruth 4.13 tells us, So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. Then he went to her, and the Lord enabled Ruth to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. The woman said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without kinsman redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons has given birth. Ruth's life seemed to be a series of timely coincidences. But her story is really about the providence of God. It took centuries to put in place and there's a result of God's plan of salvation for the world. Ruth and Boaz had a son, Obed, and he was the father of Jesse, and Jesse father, father David, Israel's greatest king. Ruth is one of only five women mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. This legacy, this leadership, has changed and transformed and restored our own lives. Leadership is always about building his kingdom and with others, others who have been mentored and taught and shared your wisdom. So our call to action is to stand up as leaders, make decisions that will transform our lives and the lives around others. Not only with our hermanas, sisters, but along with our brothers, who together live to support and elevate each other to reach God's given potential. Because all will leave a legacy. What will our legacy decision say about us? Will it say, we believe in Jesus, but fear prevents us to get up again? Too scary? I may fail? Or will we put Jesus as our primary compass and live our faith in decisions and behaviors that please him? So as we honor great leaders in this story of Ruth, let's honor the many women who have taught, raised, and loved us. The women and mothers who are exhibiting Naomi and Ruth's obedience. And to the men who also mother and love their children in the absence of a woman, we thank you and we honor you today. And because it's Mother's Day, we have a big surprise. 
as we close and before I introduce Doug for a few notes to end our session, I'd like to close with a prayer. Father, I know this time has been unpredictable, but you are the predictable leader of all. We know that we are to put our faith and our trust and our hope in you and you alone. And yet you have given us, Lord, great wisdom to follow you and follow those words as leaders. We thank you for that, Jesus. I also, Father, ask for a special blessing to all our mothers, those moms who we may or may not be with, we may drive by and honk and cheer, but know that we love them and respect them as we do you. You have given us mothers to guide us, to set before us our future. And our mothers have done that with great respect to the love they have for you. So Jesus, thank you for our mothers. Thank you for our church. And thank you for your love. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. As some of us are trying to get back up again, some of us are in a financial position to help other people get up again. A significant part of our worship here at City Tribe Church is our financial stewardship. And one of the main reasons that we steward our resources here is to finance the things that are important to God. What we know from our Bible study is that God cares about helping people get up again. And I'm so proud of you, the tribe, for financially helping hurting people get up again during this current crisis. I get copied on all the requests for benevolence help. And I just wanted to share with you a small handful of those stories. One guy uh, who's disabled needed food for his family and you gave his family $300 worth of food. One single mom who's been out of work due to the COVID crisis needed rent. Early in the crisis, she was given the 30-day reprieve on rent payments, but now the 30 days are over and the rental agency is demanding payment. You made the payment for her and her little boy. Another single mom of three kids couldn't pay some bills. You paid the bills for her and her three kids. Here's what she said in a note to you. I cried tears of joy when I saw God's loving hand reach out to my kids and I through the kindness of your church. Words failed me again when I opened the letter I received from City Tribe Church and saw even more of a blessing for my children and I, more than we could have ever hoped for or thought possible. I can't thank you or the church enough for this tremendous blessing. I know God's protection and provision are with us. I'm not used to times such as these but I'm forever grateful for the care and love we received. Thanks to you, each and every one. And as your pastor, I wanna say thank you for funding these types of stories by bringing the first fruit tithe to the local storehouse and benevolence offerings even above and beyond your tithes. So here's how to continue the momentum. You can donate by mail. So mail uh, your offerings to P.O. Box, 830-745, San Antonio, Texas, 78283. You can do so by text. Just text the word tribe, space, the dollar amount to 74483. Or you can donate online at citytribe.church slash tithe. So moms, we have a little something special for you. 
as we wrap up our service online today. On behalf of Mariachi Azteca de America and City Tribe Church, we'd like to wish everyone a happy Mother's Day. We're glad you're a part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, check citytribe.church.